Okay, here we are. Okay, here we go. But I look back in a way, I feel like that was a waste, but it also really teaches me when you say yes or you stumble into a yes, that gives me so much fodder for really being strong with my no and saying, I know when something is not something I'm supposed to do and I will fight against it because I have done things for years that weren't necessarily my ideal calling or whatever you want to call it, passion. And that's a big, huge waste. Well, that's where surviving an idiot move can get you. You get resolved to learn from it. Welcome to the Hope Writer Podcast. Whether you're a dreamer, a beginner, a longtime blogger, a future author, or even already published, if you want your writing to give others hope, welcome home. We want to give you hope. This is episode eight of season one of the Hope Writers Podcast. This episode, learn from our idiot moves. <laughs> These are all embarrassing, real idiot moves that we've done, and some we're still doing. Things can seem like a good idea at the time, but later... It's just the opposite. But we can learn from it and laugh at ourselves and use it to motivate ourselves to not be an idiot, right? You'll hear Brian's story of how not to get an editor's attention, Emily's story of how you can be clueless on marketing and yet survive. I'll share how to never get any writing projects done. It's an idiot move I still struggle with. And it has a cure that Brian will share. And the real story behind the Nestor's 31 days blog events that she used to do Spoiler, she ended up hating it, but she learned from it, and you can too. Plus lots more of how to learn from your idiot moves and keep moving. That's on the way. The Hope Writer Podcast is brought to you by Hope Writers, an online membership community for writers of hope. We know how lonely and overwhelming this writing life can be. That's why we started Hope Writers. And right now, you can go inside Hope Writers for a week for $1. Just visit hopewriters.com slash trial to join Hope Writers for one week for a buck. However, Hope Writers will be closing to new members for the summer, so you might want to move now. We'd love to connect with you soon inside Hope Writers. That's hopewriters.com slash trial. Your hosts on the podcast and at Hope Writers are sisters and authors Emily P. Freeman and Michael and Smith. They've blogged for 10 years and written a bunch of books. Marketing and tech guru Brian Dixon, who also writes books, and me, I'm Gary Moreland, Michael and Emily's incredibly handsome and intelligent and humble dad. I'm writing my first book right now. The previous episode of the Hope Writer podcast, how to save your writing life. Writing can take a lot out of you, not just the writing part, the thinking of what you're doing and how, the planning, the feeling like you're in a rut. How can you make the most of your writing energy? The answer is the previous episode of the Hope Writer podcast, how to save your writing life. You'll go inside Emily's thinking during a time when she was overwhelmed and you'll meet the friend who helped rescue her. I'll bet this episode will help you see some new encouraging things about your own writing process. That's the previous episode of the Hope Writer podcast, how to save your writing life, episode seven of season one. This episode, episode eight, learn from our idiot moves. Real stories that we're still embarrassed by today that seemed like good ideas at the time. And we share so that you won't have to suffer the same embarrassment. And we share because no matter what, you can't avoid idiot moves anyway, right? So how can we make the most of them and keep moving? Brian. I have several idiot moves. A lot of like newbie mistakes because I'm an, I'm an enthusiastic person. And so I get excited and I lose perspective when I get excited, okay? 
because I think my enthusiasm is going to conquer uh, my lack of talent. Because <laughs> right. okay? I'm so excited. And, you know, you've been doing something for a while, you get better at it. But when you start out, you're just excited. And so I had a novel that I wrote most of the novel what? called How many, the, you've lived so many lives I know. so fun called the i was in a big car accident my first year of college so it's like i'm like on borrowed time so like life's too short um so it's called the flickering distance nice. and the flickering the distance. flickering oh, distance it. already and this guy his name was claude that was <laughs> was that the idiot move <laughs> no not even there yet <laughs> and he was um he he like something happened he was engaged and then his 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 fiance died and he blamed god that was the whole premise and so then he made these two friends but it turns out they were actually demons that he was friends with weird and then he like found this new girl they started dating and she was an angel to help save him it was crazy i counted three idiot moves so far this is really the the whole thing how old were you and i was i don't know we were like married for a couple years probably like 23 25 something like that so anyway, so I met an editor at a at a book conference, and I told her the whole thing, and she actually liked it, which oh. was like for a cr- Christian fiction written by yeah, a guy. Yeah. Like it's a very niche sure. topic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she asked me to send her a proposal. Here's my idiot move. Okay, I had a bunch of my friends dress up like the characters, <laughs> and we were gonna do like a book trailer before the book was done. And so I, I took still images from the video, I can't believe I'm sharing this, still images from the video, and then I printed it out, and I put all the images on the envelope, like on the, the mailer mm-hmm. to her, like yeah. to the editor. Right. So like, it was basically like, hey, like my writing's not good enough. Like you all <laughs> should be shiny over here. It was, it was basically like, pay no attention to the words <laughs> in the envelope. There's like a movie poster on the outside of an envelope. Like when word art, like flickering distance, right. <laughs> like these pictures of my friends, like looking mysterious. Wow. You know, I'll bet she still has the envelope. <laughs> I thought it was genius. Right. I was like, this is going to conquer the slush pile. Like, even though she asked me to send it, like I still thought that's taking to the next level. It was taking to a, like was, a strange level. On a level, for sure. I never heard back from her. I was going to no. ask. You're, You're still waiting to hear back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, she's still. She might have it on the wall. She might use she's it. She's telling the story right, oh, yes. right now. She's yes. telling the story. People repeat stories like that, Brian. I'm sure. I'm not going to say her name, but I'm sure that yes. I'm telling you, I've worked at a radio station, and people would bring their music in, and some of them were good, and they they think they should be played on the radio, yeah. and some of them were the flickering distance envelope. <laughs> and for years, we would entertain ourselves with the flickering distance envelope. <laughs> right. So, so you have sad. served a wonderful purpose. They probably broke it out at uh, Christmas parties and things. Yep. <laughs> you, yep. you weren't the only one. Hours yep. You weren't the only one. They had others like yep. that. So here's here's the lesson from that idiot move, because <laughs> there has to be a lesson. The lesson was, like, uh, don't wallow in that. Like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here, right? Like, I didn't give up on writing because I made an idiot move and put stickers on the outside of an envelope. Like, that was just a newbie mistake. Yeah. And what I did is I... Like I didn't get, I didn't hear back from her. And so that was discouraging because I put a lot of effort into it. Like the photos took a lot of time. And so I went to the bookstore and I got a book on how to write a book proposal and I read it and I didn't find the chapter on what kind of stickers should you put on the envelope. (laughs) And I realized the next one I send out will not have stickers on the envelope. That's awesome. You learned. Yep. So there you go. (laughs) You didn't give up. 
right? <laughs> See, that is a great, that is a great, uh, you, you, you could have crawled into a hole and covered yourself up, yep. right? And yep. said, I'm a loser or whatever. Yep. But you, you, you just use it as experience and move on to the next one. And you get, multiply that times a thousand, right? Yeah. And, and so that's a lesson that I, I continue to go, go back to. I have other stories like that about applying for jobs and trying to make an impression and like mailing like stuffed animals and stuff, like just like embarrassing <laughs> things that I'm not even going to say. But oh, the, man. But it's like, it's, it's ambition can blind you. And enthusiasm can blind you as well. Like, I'm so excited to meet that author that I'm going to, like, wear a shirt with their name on it or, like, something weird that, like, that author might think that's a little creepy, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just just sort of, like, look at that and, and, and let that serve you as, like, some perspective. Yeah. You know, don't don't let it kill you. Like, it didn't, it's it's not over, but let me learn from that and go, huh, when I get really excited, I I take it too far and so let me let me look at what what would fit in a little better (laughs) like how can I learn how to actually navigate this world a little better still be enthusiastic but don't let it blind you well I have a plethora of idiot moves (laughs) I have three that I have to share on here I'm gonna start with one a couple years into blogging I was reading pro blogger and he said something about doing a 31 day series, which I thought was such a great idea. I love talking about house stuff. And I thought I love the challenge of just taking one topic about my house and talking about that every day for 31 days. I'm going to do that. So I did that in October, made myself post for 31 days straight just as a practice. And at the end of the month, I had some people ask if they could do it with me. I want to do, I love the idea. Can we do it together? So the next year I had seven friends. We all wrote for 31 days together. And, you know, one had a recipe blog and they just had different kinds of blogs. I think you did it too. You were in the first year. How is this an idiot move? Just wait. Keep going. Yeah. See, what's wrong with that? I just, so, well, then at the end, we had like a hundred people. We want to write for, you had seven people do it. Can we do it too? So as the years went by, every October, it turned out I became this host for thousands of people writing hashtag 31 days um, about the topic of their choice. And I became a host for writers. They all linked up. I had to hire help. I had to have a new website for something that it turns out I just wanted to write on my own blog for 31 days, but I became a host for other people and had to think about all of these troubleshooting problems, you know, that I don't even care about because of hosting this big thing, because it just seemed like the next right thing to do. Oh, of course, lots of people want to join. 2,000 people want to do this. Who would say no to that? I should, of course, be the host. And so it just got away from me. And by the end, I dreaded October every year. Uh, I felt like I had to... It's even like you more, gave yourself a job that you didn't get I paid for. gave myself a job that I didn't even want. You didn't want to get paid for. I just stumbled (laughs) into it. Yeah. Yeah. And then so many people would say, this is how, you know, this happens so often in my life with stuff like this. Because for someone else, it's a great idea. But it wasn't right for me. So I finally handed that off, which was great. During that time, another idiot move. So that was just like a small idiot move. But it took, I think, five years of my life where every October I kind of dreaded because I had to host this huge thing that got out of hand that wasn't even my passion. So then during that time, every October I'd have so many people link up and, you know, people were coming to my blog as my highest traffic month, but I didn't, I didn't have it together enough to start collecting emails, Brian. Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> we didn't meet each other yet. You didn't know Brian yet. However, there were really smart people linking up, staying up late, being number one, two, and three on my 2,000 people link up that would get viewed all the time. And in order to be a part of their 31 days, you had to subscribe. So not only were they smarter than me, they used the thing that I built, which I give them props. Like, go you for being smart. Totally. But I built this thing and they got to build their list and I was an idiot and didn't even build my list because I was so exhausted from just doing the hosting of this thing for writers that I don't even care about. There were months I didn't even do 31 days because I was so busy hosting it. Right. And then I didn't even, and so now it's years later, I have given it away. I literally handed it to a friend because I was like, I'm not going to sell this thing. I'm and not. she jumped at it probably, Oh, right? and she's a perfect host for it. It's great. People still do it and love it. But I look back almost, in a way, I feel like that was a waste, but it also really teaches me things like that. When you say yes or you stumble into a yes, that gives me so much fodder for really being strong with my no and saying, I know when something is not something I'm supposed to do and I will fight against it because I have done things for years that weren't necessarily my ideal, you know, calling or whatever you want to call it, passion, just what I felt like was worth spending my time doing. And that's a big, huge waste. So those are two of my idiot moves right there. It's interesting how seductive attention can be, right? That if you get attention for something, you can automatically think that's something that you really should right. respond well, to. Well, and I don't, it's not like, oh, I want attention. You think it's a People message. People thought it was a great thing. Sure, it's a oh, message. Oh, it's a great thing. Well, you feel I like a fool better for keep not, doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I must miss, be yeah. missing something that I don't love this. Same thing now when people ask me to speak. Oh, I wish I were asked to speak. Well, I don't because all speaking does is lead to more speaking. And I don't want to speak in the first place. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> you should see her face. Yeah, this people. needs to be a video podcast. She's I venting. mean, She's venting. play it out, which you said on the last podcast, yep. Brian. Like, what is the fruition? So yeah. what will this grow to when you're making the, a decision? Are you going to like where this could lead? Yeah, it was a dead end for me. Wow. All of that. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Every October. Hate October. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> right. I, I think. love I October. <laughs> oh. That's good. Mm-hmm. How about you, Emily? Well... I, my first book contract was a two book contract and I didn't have an agent, um, which that might've been an idiot move. I don't know. I think I got paid like half a penny for my first book. (laughs) Not really. No, I did. No, I have made money off the royalties and I did get a small advance for those first two books. Um, but for me, the idiot move in that the first time was I agreed to have my second book due on the day my first book came out. So my first book released wow. on September 1st, and my second book was due like on September 1st. the manuscript 1st was yeah. due. Of the same so year. So while you're launching to the book, publisher. you had to f- have I a was finished finishing. second book written. Mm-hmm. Let's all let that sink <gasps> yeah, in. Yeah, we mm. just need a moment of silence. <laughs> and the reason that's a problem for people that don't know Yeah, why. well, it's really hard to create content, good content, at the same time as your marketing content. It's just, for most people, I think you have, there's a marketing brain and a launching brain and you need to give it, I just didn't understand at the time and maybe it was just a newbie mistake. It's also idiot. Now it would be idiot because I know better. At that time, it was just maybe an idiot, a a newbie move. But I just didn't understand the effort that it takes to launch because honestly, y'all, here's another idiot. Uh Uh-huh, go for it. (laughs) Okay, so I say all of that. Like, so the first book came out September 1st, 2011, right? And the second book was turned in right around that same time. It was due the same day. I might have turned it in a little early, but it was 
the efforts were the same at the same time. But like on launch day for my first book, my big marketing campaign, ready? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to give away five books on my blog. Don't buy them. Don't buy them. Don't you dare buy them. You better wait till you win. You might win one. A book. So wait. Back then, it was like (laughs) giveaways were like the thing. Everybody's doing giveaways. I was like, I'm going to be, people are going to love this. (laughs) I'm going to give away not one, not two, but five books. (laughs) Signed. Books for free. For free. (laughs) And everybody that doesn't win is going to be mad at you and now not buy your book. And and if you win, you're waiting to see if you win. You're not going to buy it because you might win. win. So there are like 500 comments of people like entering to win this free book on launch day like I just didn't know anything about marketing like a lot and neither did any of my friends by the way so it's not like so it just that was my another you need different friends. <laughs> oh I've got them now Brian you needed hope wink, riders wink. you know I needed something I needed something but so like here I was I mean I feel sorry for myself looking back it's like poor pitiful me who was trying to like do this thing like I don't know how that book sold it has sold like they sold copies I don't know it's a good book but it it so that was grace for the good girl for anyone who doesn't know that, great that first book came out and um I get a royalty check every six months for that book still I mean it's great but all that to say is yes it takes a different kind of headspace brain space effort to launch a book than it does to write a book um and so I think another idiot move and I I still haven't done this like I've now I've written four I saw once, um, I think it was Shauna. I think it was Shauna Nequist. Let's try to put, fit her into every podcast. Right. How about she <laughs> tweeted somewhere or something? She's like, you know, tomorrow I'm starting on book number, whatever. Like she had a date of when she was going to start writing. Like this is, and I, I this was like last year mm-hmm. I saw this and I thought, oh my gosh, like you can decide. This is my book writing time is starting on this certain date because everything I feel like I've written has just been mm-hmm. sort of like kind of, oh, I'm kind of moseying in sauntering into the book writing process instead of kind of having a hard and fast you know like here is when this is going to start because it's a certain type of brain that you go into when you're creating something especially long form like a book um so i that was a genius move i felt that she and probably maybe every author does it that way i just haven't but i will now like Mm. oh that's my start date for writing my book Mm. That's, you know, I've took notes on that. The other part was when you were when you were turning in a manuscript of one book at the same time that you were marketing or promoting another one. You mean doing my giveaway? <laughs> yeah. But you're 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 trying to sell the one book, but the thing that you've been thinking about for the mm-hmm. last 6 months was the book you had just written. And yet you have to talk about the first book that you're trying to sell. And not only that. You don't your brain's not big enough to do both those not things. Not only that. Ready? Ready for your mind to be blown? I was also writing on the blog about what was going to be my third 31 book. 31 days. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I did do that. Oh, oh, another another idiot move is that October. My 31 days should have been like all about that book that I was releasing. On the blog, I had been writing that year that I was that I was getting ready to launch book 1 and I was writing book 2, but on the blog, the topic that was most fully alive within me was book 3, A Million Little Ways. Oh, so I was writing about like art and the art of life, all that. I was writing that in January of 2011. Mm. Book 1 hadn't even released yet. Wow. So that was 3 books down the road. Mm-hmm. Like what in one sense, that's an idiot move. In another sense, it's maybe hope for a writer who thinks like, oh, if I if I share everything on the blog, then I'm going to run out of ideas. It's actually the opposite. The more mm-hmm. you write, sure. the more it comes. I can't remember who it was that said that writing is not a lake or a pond. It's more like a river and that those ideas are going to mm-hmm. keep on coming the mm-hmm. more you write them. And so that was proof of that for me was because I just 
things kept coming and yeah. they ended up becoming books. I don't think that always happens, but I could have given myself a little more, mm-hmm. a little more room to breathe. Well, and just <laughs> you didn't because know. You just... a great publisher that you love suggests that something be due the same day, but we can protect ourselves and say, no, that is going to ruin this for you and me. Like, That's this one is, thing I've not good for either of us. Is that no one can say no for you. They can love you, they can cheer you on, they can encourage you, but no one else can say no for you mm-hmm. except for you. And the other people respect me enough to believe that I'm going to speak up for myself. Right. And if something's not going to work for me, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. like, they think I'm a grown up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. I they need to like for it. earn that or, or know that myself, too. I, I've been on the other side of that conversation many times as, as sort of a marketing agent. That's what I do. And so... I've been on the side of somebody that I'm working with saying, well, I didn't know this, or why didn't you tell me this? Or like, oh, I had no idea it would be the whatever. And and my perspective always is like, how did you not know? <laughs> like, you should have figured it out, you know? Like, so I could understand the publisher perspective, like, oh yeah, well, that's, that's just how the dates had to work out. Sure. And so, but I think we don't know that until we know it, and once we know it, then, you know, don't pay to learn the lesson twice. That's a good way to If possible, you can learn the lesson from someone else and not have to learn it the hard way yourself. That's why you're so That's happy you're listening here. to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gary. I'm still sort of in an, an idiot move that I struggle with, but but at least now I know what it is. And I've, I've uh, been in it for a long time, and it's, uh, it's a little hard to talk about. <laughs> I've realized that to get anything done, you have to do one thing at a time, right? You can't do 10 things at a time. Well, you can, but if you do, you're going back and forth from one to two to three to four to five to six. Right, you're task still, switching. You're yeah. still only- a thousand times longer. You're still only doing one thing at a time. Yeah. So I know that, but that's been my problem because I have so many things in my head or in my heart that I know that if I pick something, if I pick A, that means I'm not going to do B or C. And it's very hard to let go of B or C or D and E and F and J and I in order to do A. And it feels like I'm only gaining one thing from doing A and I'm losing 10 things for these others that I can't do at that moment. And yet I know that the only way to get to B and C and D and E is for their turn to come. Yep. Right? Yep. And yet... I can't be alone in this. I no. can't be the only one. The pain that I feel, I feel more pain in letting B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, more pain letting those go than I do uh, a joy or relief in doing the A. And then nothing gets done. There's no joy in the A because you don't even get to do it. Yeah. But- idiot, idiot move. <laughs> you can't spend your whole life doing And I, could, I, I hear people talk and I know what they're doing. They're doing what I'm doing or what I've done. Oh, yeah. And I want to shake them. And I want to say, stop. 20 years can go by. It really can go by without you getting any of your A through J's done. Mm -hmm. I have a little exercise for you. Awesome. (laughs) Because I struggle with this too. Mm -hmm. And here's what I want you guys to do, okay? Take out a piece of paper. Like right now? Like for real? Like right now. Take out a piece of paper. Okay. And you have three projects you're working on, okay? Because okay? you have three ideas. You have the book about home. You have the book about your family. You have the book about parenting or whatever. You have your three ideas. So what we do is we do task switching normally. So imagine you have these three projects and each one's going to take only five days just to show you the concept. Five days, 
three projects. What a lot of us do is we spend day one on project one, day two on project two, day three on project three. If you write out one, two, three, and then one, two, three, and then one, two, three, and if, if project one takes you five days, right? Each project takes you five days. Guess when you finish project one? On what day do you finish project one? If you wrote this out, you'd know the answer. Day 13. It takes you 13 days to finish the first project. Because you... Because you, you kept, kept going to two and then yeah, going to three right. and then going back to one. Now, check this out. If you just worked on project one for five days straight, how many days would it take you? Five. No. No? It would take you less than five days. Oh, because you weren't working on the others. You weren't because, task switching. Because there's momentum... That's right. ...to focus... And so it might take you four and a half days. It's not going to take you all five. It's going to take you even less time. Really? It really does. That makes sense. And so then guess what happens, okay? After you finish project one, you get feedback. You feel momentum. You feel a sense of accomplishment. And for a lot of us, this is our business. You actually start to make sales. You start to actually get results from project one. And you probably made some mistakes in project one. So project two is now going to be better than project one. Mm. And then that can only take maybe five days or four days because you learn lessons from project one. And so the total time is not 15 days anymore, but it's now like 12 days or 10 days because you get better as you go. And that's a lesson for me that I have to keep looking at. Wow. I've got three projects in front of me, mm -hmm. focus on one until completion, mm. right? Focus, follow one course until success. Awesome. And last words from Mike Willen and then Brian again. Well, overall, just this is a blanket over everything I do. The idiot move idiot and the blanket. genius move. <laughs> the idiot, I wear an idiot blanket. My genius move is not saying yes to too many things. And my idiot move is still saying yes too much. At the end of every year, when I look back, my biggest things in my work or in my writing or however you want to see it that I usually regret is that I wish I would have done less things. I love that about you. I love that you know how to prune your life and you know and you look at it and you're like oh let me just take those things away and just really focus on that one thing mm. i think i have i have one more which is like thinking that everything has to happen now instead of like the future's a long time and i've learned this lesson the hard way a couple of times so my idiot move is sending emails to people um and then later regretting that because like just real specifically so i went to a conference and and the person that had the conference, it was great, but I felt like they could have done one thing better. And so I felt like that was my one chance to email this person and give advice. And so it was probably not the right tone of the email. It was trying to be helpful, but I think it was more condemning. Where instead what I could have done is is just helped, like made a better suggestion. And I met this person later, it was a fairly well-known person. I'd never met him before. And then I met him later and I knew the whole conversation. Mm. I'm hoping he doesn't realize <laughs> that I'm the Brian Dixon that sent that email three or four oh, years ago. Really? It gave him some stupid, you know, suggestion <laughs> that wasn't even like, who am I to even give him a suggestion at that time in, in my career and where I was at? And so I, I've, I've done that a couple of times where I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then I meet the person later and I'm like, oh man, I hope he doesn't remember that I made that idiot move. So I wow. think remembering the future is a long time and you don't have to like, <laughs> if you like, okay, a lot of us want an endorsement from a certain you know, uh, writer one day and we feel like the first time we meet him is the chance for us to just go, blah, and like ask him for everything. Just build a relationship. Just start by building a relationship and then you can see him at the conference next year <laughs> and just... <laughs> 
say, hey, it was great meeting you last year. Not like, I'm sorry for, you know, <laughs> you blah, start all with over. an apology. Wow. You have to apologize. <laughs> so just realizing that like, the future's a long time and it's about building relationships and not trying to get everything squeezed in in one, like right now. One interaction. One interaction. Yeah. That's right, that's good. Mm-hmm. You can relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Human, human beings, 101. I think the internet makes things feel really urgent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can contact them later. Yeah, you can okay. always contact them <laughs> later. Okay. And you can say no to things. You can say no to things. <laughs> you don't have to speak at conferences. <laughs> and email us. Build it right now. Build it yes now. Yester to the now. <laughs> okay. I hope that helps. Uh, have we embarrassed ourselves enough? It's all good, though, isn't it? Hope you're not afraid to make an idiot move. And when you do, don't hide in shame and embarrassment. Learn from it. Move on. Get better. You can find lots more encouragement for your writing life when you go inside Hope Writers for $1 for a week. That's at hopewriters.com slash trial. If you love to write, but you're intimidated, weary, aimless, frustrated, and you just want to hear from someone who's been there, well, there's something for you inside Hope Writers. Be a better writer, learn how to share your work, maintain balance in your life so you can write. It's all there, and it's growing. And there's a private Facebook page to connect and make friends and ask questions. A whole community of people to journey with. However, Hope Writers is closing for new members for the summer on June 9th. If you're listening before that, great. You can still get in. If it's after that, well, you can get on the wait list for when membership reopens. A Hope Writers trial membership is only a dollar for a week. Go inside Hope Writers now for one week for one dollar. Just go to hopewriters.com slash trial. We'd love to connect with you inside. Hopewriters.com slash trial. In the next episode of the Hope Writer podcast, how summer changes the writing life. Emily and Michael and share what their summers look like as writers and as moms with kids at home. Your whole writing routine can change. How can you think about it? How can you make the most of it? And how can you make summer a satisfying time for your writing life? Can you actually have ideas and plans that work for you to write and enjoy and be a mom and rock the summer? Well, that's the next episode, episode nine, the last episode of the first season of the Hope Writer podcast, How Summer Changes the Writing Life. And final words of hope from writer Mark Twain. Writing is easy. All you have to do is cross out the wrong words. Thanks for listening.